What is up, Level Up Nation? And welcome to the May 25th edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports news, brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco, but you can call me John, and I am joined, as always, by the king of the courtside, the, the, just like the Ohio State, he is the courtside king, Joey. What's up, buddy? Man, I do not like that. I want to get rid of my the moniker there. Uh, tonight's show is a nice little runtime, John, just about an hour long, slightly shorter than the PlayStation Showcase, but hopefully more entertaining. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. Yeah, that was a little bit rougher than I was expecting, a little bit rougher than a lot of journalists were expecting out there as well, but... We'll dive fully into it, John. I'll go a little bit into some of the stuff that I heard that did not make the showcase as well. Um, but yeah, in the end, unfortunately, that one was a little shy of what we were expecting here. Oh, spicy. I like it. I, I love the hot takes, Joey. So, so we'll always uh, uh, do that. Let's see here. Uh, Pot of Luck has uh, called out the fact that we are slightly late. Uh, yes. Get over it. Simple as that. <laughs> uh, can we get a, a own filter on the gesture of the court? No, uh, simple as that. Nation, make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Facebook. We have consolidated to one easy, low price. Think of us like the Walmart of social media. Oh. We have consolidated <laughs> to one spot. Actually, you know what? We're going to call ourselves the Target of Walmart because, you know, Target's better. Uh, OTN Media, follow everything for Level Up Live and everything OTN does there as well. Uh, and while you're on Twitter, make sure you follow Joey and myself on Twitter at Courtside King and at Fiasco. If you're here live on Twitch, first off, welcome. Thank you for taking time out of your thirsty Thursday for tuning in uh, to the show. Uh, you can see those handles beneath the mugshots you're currently staring at. If you listen to the podcast version of the show, they're on the show notes for you below. Speaking of the podcast nation, did you know you can listen to the audio version of the show, the Level Up podcast, available on your podcatcher of choice? Just look up the Level Up podcast. Extra credit. You have Amazon Prime. We know you do. You are also a member of the Church of Amazon. Uh, so use that Prime sub here that you get on Twitch. Use it on OTN Media today. Uh, seriously, we talk about it all the time. I want to play the new Zelda game. I need a Switch. Uh, sub to OTN. That's where all the money goes. It does not go to me. Don't worry about that. Not to <laughs> me one bit. Simple as that. Joey, uh, we touched on it a little bit. It is going to be a PlayStation-heavy show. Uh, and no, not the heavy PlayStation as in their heavy tears in court because everyone is giving the thumbs up to the, uh, the acquisition except for England because they're special. Uh, but other than that, Joey, uh, what are we, oh, are we touching on anything else other than the PlayStation showcase? Yeah. I mean, today's show is mostly standard on the PlayStation showcase. That was kind of the big news of the week. A lot of other people moving their announcements out of this week, anticipating that to be a pretty big showcase. On top of that, we have a little brief update on the Microsoft Activision deal we have some highlighted new releases but yeah pretty much heavy playstation tonight all right sure i got my playstation pants on uh for tonight's episodes we're, we're, we're gonna take a dive back in time to when i was a playstation fanboy uh we'll see how this goes as well joey we have our topics but before we can dive headfirst into tonight's show we need to talk about our drink of choice we, we were talking a little off air before we came on live um, i'm very proud of us today joey we did not plan what we are doing today uh, but nonetheless, Joey, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of me uh, because we have both grown in our taste of when it comes to delectable adult beverages. Uh, so, Joey, uh, the honor goes to you first. What are you having for tonight's show? John, I am having bourbon tonight. Nice little clear caramely notes right there. Uh, this is Blanton's bourbon tonight. Blanton's. Okay. Well, Joey, I like my bourbon on the rocks. Uh, so I'm also having bourbon as well in my Mandalorian 
uh, glass. Uh, so that is classy as everything. I'm actually going to show the bottle off, too. This is Basil Hayden. Have not had this before. Straight out of Kentucky. Uh, look at that beautiful bottle, though. Look at that metal belt they decided to put on it. Uh, that alone is probably the reason why this bottle was way too damn expensive. Uh, it was that little piece of metal that goes around the middle of that bottle. Uh, Joy, I have not had this before. It smells like rye bourbon, which makes me nervous because I don't like rye. So we're going to do a live taste test real quick. Oh, yes. Oh, I see. You're still getting some cubes in there. I need to teach you the cube way next. Doesn't taste like rye, so I think we're safe. Oh, good. Um, that's good. It's got a really nice caramel aftertaste to it. Um, so, so far, so good. Good bourbon right there. Um, but yeah, Joey, I have to drink it on the rocks. I can't drink it neat. I'm I'm a rocks kind of guy. Have you, is it because you like it a little watered down, or is it because you like it cold? Uh, I like it cold. I need to get one of those. <laughs> I guess you guys didn't know you're tuning into the bourbon show. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, I want to get one of those um, ice molders that has like oh, that yes. ball. Uh, yeah. So it's like one large ball. That way it doesn't melt as quickly. Um, but no, I, I mean, a little bit of water doesn't do too bad, but I really like the uh, caramel and vanilla afternotes uh, in yeah. a lot of the bourbons. Um, so I try to get it before it gets watered down. Uh, the bourbon show is for kick not for twitch uh, oh well get over it uh we are adults <laughs> we're gonna sip our bourbon because our palates have evolved and we are no longer drinking mike's hard lemonade we are drinking bourbon uh gone are the days of i don't mike's think hard. i've ever had a mike's hard lemonade to be honest I consider yourself blessed and lucky uh those, <laughs> those are very very bad days as a middle schooler who said that joey we have a podcast to talk about today we have some amazing games. There is a remake of a game I absolutely love that was in the showcase. Uh, there is going to be some other amazing games that were in the showcase as well in a otherwise very bland showcase. Uh, but we are going to dive into that and much more. Joey, we have our drinks. We have our topics. Let's get into gaming and esports news. And, of course, this segment is presented by GamerBytes, bite-sized gaming and esports news, delivered weekly directly to your inbox. Sign up today if you're here on Twitch. Check out that spicy link in chat. If you are listening to the podcast version down the road, though, that link will be in the show notes for you below as well. Joey, let's get into gaming and esports news. Let's go. Absolutely, guys. For those tuning in who skipped the intro, maybe on the podcast version, tonight's show is mainly PlayStation, but just a couple other things to cover ahead of that. And we're going to kick it off with the Microsoft Activision Blizzard update. So mainly a couple big things here. One, they have officially filed, they being Microsoft and Activision, have filed with the CAT, which is kind of the tribunal that overlooks the CMA's decisions over there in the United Kingdom. Uh, the United Kingdom is a very interesting system, and we've touched on it a bit before. Uh, pretty much what has to happen now for the Microsoft Activision deal to get approved is this tribunal has to find the CMA's decision, something functionally wrong with it. So it can be like insanity, like you always see in those movies, like pleading insanity uh, to say their decision makes no sense. Uh, they can come up with some new stats that end up swaying the decision in another direction. Pretty much anything, but it has to be somewhat dramatic to make it work. And then this is where the UK part gets kind of awkward, is if the CAT tribunal says, hey, CMA, you need to rethink this decision, it goes right back to the CMA, the same body that made the initial decision to go ahead and make a new decision. So it's almost like, hey, John, you really didn't want grape jelly. And I send it back to the kitchen, and John is just going to put grape jelly back on it. It's probably what's going to happen. Um, but who knows? Maybe they end up choosing raspberry instead this time definitely not strawberry they're not that bad um but with that being said uh, i think it's going to be a very long road ahead for activision and microsoft to get this deal approved i 
some people want to think they will pull out of the UK or they will not put it on cloud stuff in the UK or find some way around it in that way. The UK is a major market for Microsoft, uh, even though it is a kind of a smaller country compared to a lot of these countries they are getting approvals from, like China, the European Union. Um, overall, I think one of the bigger things here is just they can't really pull out of UK easily. So I do think they're going to have to get that approval if this deal does get moved forward in the end. It's going to make a really bad joke, but I'm going to refrain. Uh, the only thing the UK pulls out of is the EU. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if 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 the UK does not want to be a part of this amazing deal, uh, so, sorry to the 5,000 cloud gamers in England that really, you know, screwed this up for everyone else. Uh, yeah, I get it. It's a major market. They're a major world power as well. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, again, we've said it before. I'll say it one more time. Uh, the reason the CMA did not approve it is 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 totally a BS uh, excuse. Um, it's ridiculous blaming it on 5,000 cloud gamers. It's probably the dumbest thing I've heard in a very long time. Uh, and considering, Joey, we live in the nation's capital, we have to listen to politics every single day, whether we want to or not. Uh, the crap that comes out of the D.C. area that we have to hear is uh, pretty stupid sometimes. Um it, it, this is right up there. The CMA's reasoning is, is right up there with D.C. politics. So there you go, uh, England. I know how much you love to be compared to America. Uh, so there you go. Uh, it, it, it's that bad. It's, it's, it's pretty pathetic. But, uh, you know, fingers crossed here. Everyone else seems to be giving it the thumbs up. Uh, so hopefully the CMA uh, will return your toast, Joey, with strawberry instead of grape. <laughs> Yeah, it is one of those things, and we've seen a few people over in the UK kind of stand against the decision to some degree, maybe not forcefully against it, but at least saying, hey, CMA, maybe rethink at least the way you approach this deal, whether that be open to remedies, whether that be you end up blocking it, but a softer block, I don't know exactly what that looks like, um, but they are kind of being teased right now as the death valley of technology. They're being teased as closed for business when their slogan is open for business. Uh, in the end, the prime minister, as well as the cat judge, are currently kind of looking at the different cases from different angles and taking a look at how maybe if they do overturn that initial decision, uh, if they have a little bit more guidance, um, whether they're holding the CMA's hand or what exactly that looks like, I don't exactly know, uh, but we will see if this does get done. Uh, with that being said, I think the formal decision that the CMA originally made is due, I think it was due this past week, then we saw the appeal go through. So it could be another year, could be a couple months. Uh, again, I think we're probably going to hear about this for quite a while. Uh, the last thing on this before we leave you and move over to PlayStation, uh, this is coming from Vestager, the European Commission Vice President. She went on to state, where we diverged with the CMA was on the remedies. We accepted a 10-year free license to consumers to allow them to stream all Activision games for which they have a license via any cloud service. And why we did do this instead of blocking the merger? Well, to us, this solution fully addressed our concerns. And on top of that, it had significant pro-competitive effects. So a lot of the argument, and there's more quotes in here, uh, overall, she's pretty much saying, hey, look, cloud is still so small. It is a 1% right now of gamers, tiny, tiny. And while the CMA could be right and it could balloon into something giant, we personally right now don't have evidence to support that. Uh, this is coming from the EU's investigations, which ended up similar to what the CMA did find. Then in the end, they say on top of that, they're making all these deals. You have something like Nintendo getting Call of Duty. You have these smaller cloud services like Boosteroid, uh, the one that I can't remember over in Taiwan. Um, there's a few of the other ones that they've made deals with that are kind of insignificant right now, right? Like you have NVIDIA GeForce who got a deal as well. You have Microsoft xCloud. 
You're eventually going to have Sony out there as well. Uh, and a lot of these, especially the smaller ones, can't really compete in a 1% market right now. And this kind of gives them a little bit of life. If a Boosteroid has an Activision game, maybe I consider going to Boosteroid because they're not going to charge as much as a Microsoft because Microsoft has all these other titles on them. Um, but that is just, I, I think that's kind of where the EU is coming from on this side is, hey, this will allow the little guys to get in the game. Maybe they can't compete at the highest level, but it at least activates the industry to something bigger than a 1% that it is today. Anything else to say on this? I feel like it's going to be in the news almost every week. Um, we're probably going to get more about the FTC in June, um, but I'm just about done talking about this unless you have anything else to say. Yeah, no, I feel like the only thing that's valid that comes out of England right now is the EPL, and even that league is invalid because Manchester City somehow managed to weasel their way to a championship. Uh, but other than that, uh, you know, England is pretty irrelevant at the moment. <laughs> there you go. You have it right there. But hey, Man City can't in. score an away goal against Tottenham still, apparently. That's true. That Did you true. see, I think X2Chucks posted it in our sports channel on discord.me forward slash OTN. I did. Uh, that was, uh, as a Man City fan, that hurt me a bit. Uh, but it is very entertaining to hear Pep say, yeah, we won the treble. Our next goal is to score an away goal at Tottenham. Uh, just the comedy as well as the tears behind that is just perfectly spun. So j just real quick, because I feel like it's very important. First off, uh, Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man in the Marvel Universe slash uh, current rendition of Spider-Man for Sony. Um, in real life, big Tottenham fan. So there's that connection with Spider-Man already. The new Spider-Man film uh, for the multiverse that's coming out, Miles Morales has a Sun Hyung Min poster in his room, which confirms Spider-Man is, in fact, all in on Tottenham, uh, which is a really, really solid uh, pick. So uh, good for Spider-Man. Not only is Spider-Man the best superhero and my favorite superhero, but has a great taste in EPL teams as well. There you go. You heard it here first from the <laughs> horse's mouth. Um, okay, John, it's time to touch PlayStation. Uh, we have got to dive Ooh. into this showcase. It has been how, the talk of How are of the we week. touching it? Uh, we are touching it gently, but with those DualSense oh. triggers fully inhabit. Um Yeah, I mean, this showcase. I went into the showcase with very high expectations. I had heard there were going to be some other things. Uh, a lot of other industry people were talking this up as well on social media. Uh, and I think the PlayStation fanboys was very excited. Uh, the fan base was very excited for a big, big show, as they should have been. I mean, it has been over a year since the last PlayStation showcase. Uh, they kind of changed their name up. If it's a state of play, it's generally a little bit more third-party focused, or maybe it focuses mainly on one big first person or first party game rather. Um, but overall, those are kind of their smaller showcases. And their PlayStation showcase was where we saw like Knights of the Old Republic. We saw God of War Ragnarok footage. I think there was Horizons expansion may have been announced there. Um, but a lot of big announcements are typically at the PlayStation showcase. Uh, this one, again, according to my sources, there were some big announcements in this one. It was originally around a 90-minute runtime before it got cut down to close to 60 minutes. And we can go a little bit into why I think that happened later on. Um, but overall, John, what were your impressions of this showcase? I was going in expecting it to be around a 9, 9.5. Uh, and I will say I ended considerably shorter than that, personally. Uh, Sony, much like their arguments in court, fell short um, here in the showcase. Yeah, th there were moments where I was super excited. And, and I'm pretty sure we'll be touching on that here in a little bit when we go through the showcase. But uh, there, there were moments where I was super excited. Some of the games that were announced looked great. Some of the new gameplay that we saw looks amazing. Um, some news of remakes coming out got me really, really excited. Again, we'll, we'll touch on that here in a little bit as well. Um, but overall, I, I, I agree with you, Joe. I was expecting a lot more out of this showcase. Like, 
I believe you made the comparison on on uh, on our Discord. This felt more like a state of play than anything else. And if it was labeled as state of play, I'd probably give this a pretty high remark uh, because I'm not expecting much from a state of play, and there was quite a bit. Uh, but if you're going to call it a showcase, there's there's a level of expectation gamers have when you give it the showcase title um, and you start to, to promote it the way Sony did. Um, I thought it was good. I don't think it was showcase worthy, if you will. Um, I, I think for me, it probably fell around to a six and a half uh, just because from what I saw, like, again, had moments of, of like me getting hyped. Um, but most of the time I sat there and I was like, OK, well, I mean, that's cool. All right. That's awesome. I mean, I could probably think of like three games I got super excited for. Yeah, um, I had a few more games I was excited for, but I'm settling right around that 6.5, 7 at the highest for me as well. Um, again, missing some of those big first party, especially when you call it a PlayStation showcase. I think a lot of people go in expecting the heavy hitters, right? Yeah. You're not going to get a God of War. You're not going to get a Horizon. They just came out. Uh, but maybe you get DLC for something, or maybe you see The Last of Us Factions, or Ghost of Tsushima 2, or uh, who knows, a Bloodborne PC port. What? Um, I mean, there's a lot of different things that people are expecting from PlayStation right now. And I think one of the underlying worries here, and I think we got a bulk of this in the showcase, is we've seen PlayStation earnings call after earnings call continue to say, hey, we see a trend here. We're going to invest more in live service. There's a lot of money moving in that area. And from the business perspective, we see a lot of money to be made in that area. On top of that, we want to keep porting to PC. And I think most PlayStation fans are over the whole porting to PC thing. I think they realize that's coming. Uh, it will be delayed to some degree. They still want to sell consoles, but give it two years or whatever, and we probably will see stuff on PC. Uh, on top of those, it looks like every multiplayer game is probably going to be day one on PC as well. Um, with that being said, though, I think the underlying fear here is they see more and more money being poured into live service games. And John, you and I know from firsthand experience, you can only buy and play so many battle passes at once. Yes. And I think fans are starting to think like, hey, I bought a PlayStation because I want those epic single player games, those God of Wars, those Horizons, the Ghost of Tsushima's. And now they're in here. OK, so from Haven, this new studio we just bought, we're getting a multiplayer game. And from Firewalk, we're getting a new multiplayer game. And we know Naughty Dog's working on a multiplayer game as well. Oh, and right, Destiny Marathon, that's going to be a multiplayer game as well. So it's just, it, there's a lot of multiplayer. And again, there is a lot of money to be made in multiplayer. It's been proven time and time again. Uh, there's a lot of money that can be made in live service as long as you do it better than Halo did. Uh, <laughs> hey -o. Um Yeah, I mean, overall, I think the money is there, but your fan base is also very solid. At least the vocal fan base is very solid on those single player games. And I think that's really the biggest thing here, the biggest takeaway. The third-party stuff was not bad, and I don't necessarily think the first-party stuff was bad. It just didn't give as much of a genre difference compared to one another. Everything felt like an extraction shooter or some kind of multiplayer first-party shooter when I think people just really wanted some of those epic cinematics that we got with Spider-Man, but only Spider-Man from the first party. Uh, so yeah, I'm around a 6.57 as well. Uh, let's dive into this. So first thing first, we'll get the hardware out of the way and then we can kind of get into the games. Uh, so as far as hardware goes, we got two hardware announcements toward the end of the showcase. Uh, the first one I know Potluck is pretty excited about is the set of earbuds that I personally did not know existed. Um, I don't 100% know what they can connect to. I would assume they connect to obviously the PlayStation, but probably PC, probably phone devices as well maybe iPads, laptops, whatever it may be. They're probably Bluetooth, so they probably connect to just about anything with Bluetooth. Um, they look clean. I'm curious what is going to make them stand apart. 
Uh, do they have that kind of bass boost addition that we usually see from gaming headsets? Do they have some kind of surround sound capability that maybe other earbuds don't do as well right now? I think that's the biggest question mark from gamers. Now, obviously, they weren't really going into the showcase wanting hardware, um, but as far as hardware goes, PlayStation has been known, or rather Sony, has been known for making some pretty good audio products out there. Yeah, I was, I'm looking for the timestamp. I don't see it on here. It's right toward the end of the showcase, um, probably 20 minutes from, uh, no, 15 minutes from the end, 15 to 17 would be my guess. Yeah, I see for Project Q, um, which I believe is going to be the next thing we talk about, but I'm not seeing. Hold on. Is that it? Should be right before that one. No. Concord? No. Oh, that's a oh. game. Um, Try Project Q. Well, I mean, th- th- that goes into the handheld. It should be just a few seconds before that. Or a few seconds after. I thought it was before. Um, while you're looking for that, so chat, uh, they were hoping to see a slim or pro version of the PlayStation. I 100% agree. I was not told that was going to be there, but I was hoping we would see that because at least based on rumors, they're looking to launch that, I think, in the fall um, for the disk drive version or the attachable disk drive, rather. I don't know 100% on the pro. I would think that's going to be next year, but I think we see sales probably go live sometime in the fall if I had to guess as well around that Spider-Man window. Um, but yeah, no appearance of the PlayStation Pro or that detachable disc drive uh, as of yet. Here we go. Um, these have a very Beats by Dre feel to it, and I don't know if I like it. I've never tried Beats by Dre earbuds. Very cheap. Uh, not worth the price tag. Uh, they look cool. I mean, obviously, so so here, as someone who used to be uh, big into Sony, um, Sony's headsets have always been great. Uh, I've always preferred the official PlayStation headset when playing on my PlayStation 4, even the PlayStation 3, even the PlayStation 2. Um, just the connectivity that Sony has within their own ecosystem is really good. Um, but also, Sony doesn't really put out bad products. Uh, my TV I have is a Sony. Sony is, is generally pretty good. Um, so I would give these the benefit of the doubt. I just don't like the way they look. I think they look cheap. Um, and it just screams plastic, which terrifies me. Uh, so, uh, charging case looks cool. Um, I can see that sliding door being ripped off by a lot of people, uh, either on accident or purpose, um, when they're raging. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I think it's fine. I, I don't think there's anything too special about them, but I mean, wireless earbuds are, are the thing. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to overthrow the AirPods anytime soon, but, uh, I, I think those are okay, but it does scream beats by Dre to me. There you have it. So we'll have to wait again on speculation as far as those actual specs go. Maybe we'll see something come out. But right now, everyone's thinking they're kind of going to have those basic gaming headset slash earbud perspectives. Nothing super particular except for some integration that will be kind of firsthand on that PlayStation side. But we'll have to wait until the official stuff does come out on that front. Next up, John, is Project Q, which you started to talk about a little bit. Uh, It kind of looks like... um, I mean, I don't really know how to describe this, to be honest. It kind of looks like a Nintendo Switch, but instead of the two Joy-Cons on the side, it is half of a PlayStation controller on each side. Uh, We knew this was coming. We didn't know 100% what it looked like, um, but this is supposed to be Sony's kind of cloud streaming handheld. So it's going to allow you to stream over Wi-Fi, over the internet, over the cloud, uh, games from your PlayStation, and eventually games from cloud servers as well. 
I don't know if that part is as publicly known, but that's eventually going to be one of the capabilities of this beast. Um, I think it looks good. I think the biggest question mark about any handheld right now, especially with the Nintendo Switch in the market, you're seeing other stuff like the Logitech G Cloud, uh, that Asus Rogue um, Republic of Gamers handheld is doing pretty good now. The Backbone one, obviously, connecting to the phone is pretty popular. Uh, there's a number of them. Razer Kishi is another one that connects to the phone. With that being said, the most important part about all of these, in my opinion, is one, can it run games natively? This one cannot, so that is a little bit of a downgrade, similar to what we saw at the Logitech G Cloud. Um, but the other question is um, screen size. This one looks pretty good in that. And then I think the biggest thing comes down to what is the price point? Um, a lot of people do not want to pay a ton of money for something they can practically do with their phone and a controller. The Backbone one is about $100 to connect to your phone. This with the screen built in and the full controller dynamics, which will probably have haptic feedback uh, like the initial controller does, does give it a little boost in that area. Um, but I am afraid of the price point. I think anything above 200 is too much for this. And based on some of the prices we've seen from these other handhelds, uh, the Logitech one, again, does not stream on on board. It is all cloud-based. That one was around $300, which I think was too high. So I'm really curious where we see Sony end up pricing this thing. Yeah. Um, you take a look at the Nintendo Switch. Uh, the base model is 299 The OLED version is 349 uh, the OLED version is also an inch bigger uh, in screen size, uh, this one being uh, roughly six inches, the OLED switch being seven. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think I think you can get away with 349 under very specific situations. Like, again, we're going to need to see the hard specs come out uh, on the hardware uh, for uh, Project Q. Um, but it looks nice. Um, the, when I first saw it, the first thing that popped in my mind was, um, okay, cool. They finally got the uh, PSP right this time. Mm. Uh, if you remember the, the PSP, which is essentially how the Switch looks, except a little bit more like overly on the edges. Like it was a really, it, it was a good, powerful handheld, but it just it, it it left a lot to be desired in the design. Um, I do like the fact that you have the uh, handles from the PlayStation Five controller automatically built into this. Um, I think it does give it a, a nice aggressive look and more of a natural feel for PlayStation gamers or just gamers in general that play on console that are making that switch to handheld. Like when you switch to uh, the Switch with the Joy-Cons, it has a different feel to it. Like, you know, if, you, if you're used to an Xbox controller, if you're used to a PlayStation controller, uh, it just has a very odd feel to it. This, I think, solves that problem for a lot of gamers. You're going to hold this, and you're automatically going to get into gamer mode, and you are, you're automatically going to have a feel for what you're holding in your hand. It's just going to be on a smaller screen. Uh, so I think the design of this uh, so far uh, is, is very, very solid from Sony. Uh, again, just kind of curious on the specs for it. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye for that. Again, I don't think it is going to run games natively, so it will be kind of cloud-based or cloud-streaming-based from your PlayStation or from PlayStation servers or Azure servers, whoever they end up using officially for their cloud in the end. Um, but yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Because it doesn't run natively, what do they price it at? PlayStation typically leans to those higher prices. Uh, competition has brought them down in the past, and we saw it with the PlayStation Ooh. 5 console. I'm curious if maybe they try to undercut that Logitech price, that Asus price, and do price this one slightly lower as well. Uh, so this is an 8-inch screen. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and just randomly throw out the 349 price point uh, because of, of the 8-inch screen. Um, it's With that price point, they need to have some serious stats. Like We're talking like serious battery life. 
uh, especially if it's going to have that uh, haptic feedback in the controllers. That's going to eat batteries up. If you have a PlayStation or an Xbox uh, with vibration on, you know how quickly your batteries can die uh, through a gaming session. Uh, so um, I'm looking for a big battery life. I'm looking for an amazing looking screen, high def. I'm looking for uh, the ability to uh, download games. Obviously, cloud service is going to be a thing. Uh, so there's just a lot that still needs to come out. But if with an eight inch screen, Joey, I, I'm, I'm afraid that Sony's automatically going to go for the 349 price point. If not more, I think if they go higher, this thing's dead in the water. Uh, because if you go close to 400, you might as well just get a PlayStation. There, there, there's, there's no freaking point in having this. Um, 349 is the absolute limit, in my opinion, for something like this. Again, just based upon what we know with that eight inch screen, the specs still need to come out. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm afraid it's going to probably going to be on the higher end. Yeah. See, I think even lower than that, like, I think if they go above 300, this one might be dead in the water personally. Yeah. Um, I think your friendly price is around 200, 250 and almost like you're selling a console, right? Take that loss up front, hoping that people buy into it. But again, you're not really buying games natively, at least to my knowledge. I think you still have to have that PlayStation as an accompaniment. So if you're looking at having a PlayStation on top of this, you're looking at like an $800 purchase uh, if you're going to end up buying both to kind of utilize it outside of what they eventually end up launching cloud infrastructure-wise. So uh, it is not for the faint of heart, but for those kind of luxury gamers out there, it is definitely going to be an option in that handheld space. Okay, John, we've made it through the hardware. Uh, there are obviously a lot of games to touch on. Uh, as a fan of indie games, I enjoyed the showcase, I think, a little bit more than others did because there were quite a few great indies in here. Um, from the first party's per perspective, again, it was a little bit lacking. It was a little bit heavy on that multiplayer live service side. Um, John, what games do you... Is there something in particular you want to dive into? I know a couple of these probably caught your eye more than others. You want to start with those? So so I, I want to start with the very first game that they showed just because... Um, it only took me five seconds to already hate the game. <laughs> um, and, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and click play on this. So I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, cool. Great. First game. This needs to blow me out of the water. So I'm like, okay, cool. Okay. Futuristic. Okay. Homes. There you go. Father meeting his family. Okay. That's cool. Oh no. Look, it's an arachnid coming to attack his family. Blood splattering everywhere. There's a bug invasion. What comes next? A plot to join the military to starve off the arachnids joining your uh, taking over your planet. What does this sound like, Joey? This sounds like the horrible movie from, uh, I believe it was like the late 90s, early 2000s, <laughs> Starship Troopers. This game is literally a ripoff almost to a T of that crappy movie. And it drives me up a wall. I have already tuned out. As soon as they started having that ploy of like, oh, join Uncle Sam wants you. Let's defeat the Arachnids. It is literally the 2023 version of Starship Troopers uh, killing the Arachnids, trying to save your planet. It's literally a copy and paste. If, if EA was to do this, it would be on par for them. Um, I, I am just so checked out of this game already within the first five seconds. I honestly didn't think this one was that bad. I mean, I think they were buying into the cringe, right? Like, they wanted to go cringy. Otherwise, you wouldn't so have those bad. goofy set pieces in the trailer. But, I mean, as far as the actual game looks, like, the weapon variety looks nice. The environments look pretty decent. The Who wants on the battlefield? lack some creativity. Um, but I think Helldivers 1 was very popular. I never played it. Um, I do think Helldivers 2 will probably do decently well. Uh, you don't really have a sequel if the first game doesn't do well. 
Um, but I do think the environments look good. I think there's a lot of variety there. I think the enemy variety would be nice to see a little bit more. Um, but I definitely did not hate this one quite as much as you did. It's only because it instantly reminded me of that movie and the two and a half hours I will never get back from watching it. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's literally like, like even this entire presentation of this game in the showcase reminds me every single step of the way of every single ad they had in that movie trying to convince people to join to, to defeat the arachnids taking over the planet. And, like, Joey, don't get me wrong. You and I are not a fan of spiders. We, we do not like them, not even in the video game sense. Uh, we do think uh, Raid is not good enough. It should be burned to the ground in a fiery hell pit. Uh, simple as that. Uh, but <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, this just screamed everything about that movie and everything I hated about that movie. Potluck Call said, uh, looks like Star Mid Wars. So, yes, it is a very mid-looking game. Joey, jokes aside, gameplay looks great. Uh, it does look like a lot of fun. I think a lot of people who are a fan uh, of Helldivers are going to enjoy this game. Uh, my problem is with the way they presented it. I have already checked out. Yes, I don't own a PlayStation. Yes, it's not coming to the PS4. Yes, I'm not their target demographic. I don't care. It pissed me off. I tuned out after five seconds because of it. <laughs> there you have it. So John will not be Helldiving. Um, nope. As a Halo fan, it kind of gave me those ODST vibes at the beginning, minus all the cringe. Um, but overall, I do think this one will probably land all right. The first game, again, did pretty well. So we'll see what Helldivers 2 does when it eventually launches later this year on PlayStation 5. Uh, next up, John, and I think this one also comes pretty early in the show. I'm going to talk about Haven's first game. Uh, this is Fair Games. So Haven is a new studio headed by Jade Raymond over there. She's most known for uh, two different things. One, her work with the original Assassin's Creed game. She came out and kind of devised a lot of the original thoughts behind that, uh, which did phenomenally well and has gone on to be a very successful franchise. And then Jade Raymond went on over to Google Stadia and was working on a few projects for them before Google said, hey, just like our to-do list app, Google Plus and many other applications that we've created, we're going to shutter this as well. Uh, so Google Stadia unfortunately got shut down. Um, but Jade is back. She's now with the PlayStation family on top of that Haven game where a lot of those original Assassin's Creed developers have kind of worked their way over there as well to work with her once again. Uh, and we got to look at their first title. This was my biggest disappointment of the night. Uh, this one is Fair Games, a competitive heist experience coming to PlayStation 5 and PC. Um, unfortunately, I was pretty disappointed in this one. I think I had no idea what Haven was working on. They mentioned it was going to be a social experience, and that's about all we knew so far. I think they only have one title in the works. Maybe it's two, um, but at least so far this first game that they showed. Which game is it? Uh, Fair Games, CGI trailer, Haven. I think it's toward the beginning of the showcase, if I remember correctly. Um, I could be wrong, but I thought it was up there. Oh, okay. It was way in the beginning. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way, way at the front. I was, I was way past it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So this one will be coming out. Um, unfortunately, I mean, again, we talked about it at the top of the show. PlayStation is investing quite a bit in live service games, uh, for better or for worse, depending on how they end up balancing that out. Uh, of them, I think there's quite a few games that look very similar to this game. Uh, Sega mentioned one a little while ago that looks pretty similar. Um, fine, the Finals is another one coming out from Embark Studios. Very similar art style, very similar concepts. Uh, I mean, the CGI trailer, don't get me wrong, looks good. I think graphically, at least in the CGI version, uh, it does look exciting. It seems like there's quite a bit of variety as far as weapons and abilities go. I just think there's a lot of 3V, a bunch of people things out there. And I don't really know if this one is giving me enough vibes to stand out on its own, at least from this initial trailer. 
Yeah, okay. I, I, I remember watching this now. I remember this scene. Uh, yeah, it was kind of underwhelming uh, just watching it. I think I, I'm on the same page as you, Joey. I think, uh, again, it's, it, it's a saturated market, the whole 3v3 uh, multiplayer aspect of it right now. Like, it definitely has, like, anytime you say 3v3 or 5v5, I, my mind automatically goes to, like, a MOBA. Um, so this just looks like a more interactive MOBA. But, yeah, I, 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 I would need to see more on it to be honest um but yes i agree with you this trailer while it looks fantastic did not get me hyped uh and i think uh you pair that with hell divers 2 uh it's a very slow start to the, the showcase right like i mean this game could be phenomenal and it could count me wrong and it could blow up and be the best heist game coming out of these five or six heist games that are uh with that being said there's a lot of competition in that space so i think coming out again as a live service as a heist game uh, a lot of again heist and extraction is seem like to be the next battle royale genre uh just based Ugh. on so many games being kind of made in those two genres um yeah i don't know it's just there's a lot of competition for this to come out as the studio's debut game i hope it lands well um, but it was definitely my biggest disappointment kind of hoping they were going to go in a different direction uh do 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 do, do. Uh, what's the next on your list sir since you are uh, controlling the video over here. <laughs> next on my list was... So I, I did write notes on every single game that came up. Okay, perfect. Um, so uh, it was the Immortals of Avium. Okay, cool. Uh, so I will go ahead and get that up here. Um, first thing first, when it popped up, I got absolutely terrified when I saw it was an EA title. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so part of me did uh, have automatically low expectations uh, from this. Um yeah, there it is. There it is. Lower that bar real quick. It's an EA original, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I think it looks great, though. I, I think it looks really cool. I like the mechanics. I, I like the weapons that we're seeing here on screen right now as well. Um, yes, it, it's nothing original, but it looks cool. They're, they're doing it in a new way. Uh, this this arm piece, this the integration of magic as well. I, I think it looks cool. The environment looks really good. Uh, definitely taking advantage of the PlayStation 5's next generation graphics uh, and, and just overall power. I think it looks great. I think from a presentation standpoint, I looked at this and I said, finally, a game that can that actually looks good and gets me hyped from this gameplay trailer. Um, it doesn't make me want to go out and buy a PlayStation 5, but it's one of those games where I could sit and watch someone stream it. It's one of those games where I'm interested enough to watch someone play and get the story through it. Uh, I think it looks great, um, but again, terrified because it's an EA game. I think it'll be fine as an EA game. I mean, <laughs> we're both playing Jedi Survivor right now. That one's doing just fine. Joey, um, <laughs> in the world of, of, of statistics and data collection, um, Star Wars Jedi is what we call an anomaly, and oh those get thrown gosh. out when you, when you look at the overall data because it, 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 it's, not, it's not par for the course. It, it's not happening enough to, 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 to move the scale, if you will. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it'll do fine. I mean, it is an EA original. We'll see what that ends up meaning in the end, uh, what side of the spectrum that does pull on. Uh, I, I think it looks good, right? I think there's a few other games that look very similar to this that are also coming out around the same time period. Uh, with that being said, they kind of do a good job of mixing those magical abilities with some physical combat in here or there. Uh, overall, very magic-based, it seems, at least from the trailer. The nice variety of enemies, that was something we said Helldiver did not quite bring to the table. Uh, they had some spiders, but most of the spiders look similar. Uh, this one does bring quite a bit more epicness when it comes to that enemy variety. So I think it does have that going for its favor. Now, does this move the needle? 
Uh, for me, probably not. Um, it is action-packed, single-player. You do kind of hit some of that single-player here. But I don't know if it's the biggest game in the showcase for me. Uh, I do think it does bring some good vibes to it. And again, does hit that single-player audience, something that was lacking a little bit throughout today's show or yesterday's showcase, rather. Okay, okay. Moving on, um, John, let's go to Concord. This is one that is getting a lot of hate on Twitter right now. Concord is another one from First Party Studio. Um, another theme that seems to be kind of big in the industry right now is space-based games. Concord is taking that space vibe, uh, as well as a little bit of almost like a 70s, 80s dynamic with the paint coloring. Uh, this is going to be a new PvP multiplayer FPS game from Firewalk Studios, recently acquired by PlayStation. It's going to be exclusive to PS5 and PC. And again, we don't really have too much on this. All we got was a CGI trailer, um, which again, we've now learned PlayStation gamers hate CGI trailers for the most part, <laughs> if they are on Twitter at least. Um, I thought the trailer looked good. Again, I do see where they're coming from. It's one thing to do CGI. It's another thing to do CGI and not really tell anyone about the game. The only reason we know it's a multiplayer game and FPS game is because, well, one, we knew what Firewalk was working on to some degree, um, but two, because there was a blog post that accompanied it after the showcase. In the actual trailer itself, you really can't tell it's multiplayer and you really can't tell it's a shooter. The only kind of thing we get is like that, again, very similar to Stranger Things vibes in space. Yeah, and I, I feel like, honestly, this reminds me of that initial Starfield trailer that we got, the, the, the CGI trailer uh, for Starfield. But at least they, there was context behind it. Like, there was hype building up to it, kind of explaining it. And there was, like, that initial explanation after the trailer. Um, this, for Concord, was very bland. Uh, unlike the burger they had on the ship that I, that I did notice right there. Look at that. That's got some jalapenos <laughs> on it. Someone knows how to build a burger. That's all I'm going to say. Um, other than that, like cool it's a cgi trailer there's like no information cool you expect other people you expect the viewer to go read your blog post to get a better understanding of this game no you have to explain it on air like this is like if you're gonna do this you need to have whoever is the face of your showcase hop on and explain what the heck we just saw uh you cannot expect the the basement dweller who doesn't touch grass that often to take 30 seconds out of their day to find the blog post uh, to read more information about this CGI trailer that had very little information given on what this game is. Um, so I feel like the CGI trailer itself isn't bad. Mm -hmm. I think it was poorly executed without the like the immediate follow-up with someone talking about it on, on the presentation. Right, and I think that's the key, right? You have either someone talking about it right afterwards or right before, or even like text on the screen. A new first-person FPS game from Firewalk exactly. Studios, now part of the PlayStation family. And then you go into the whole trailer, like something to at least give gamers an idea without having to read a blog post. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought the CGI trailer looked good. That burger does look freaking good. I didn't realize how detailed that was initially. Right? Look that at the jalapenos, boy, melted. Go. What is the purple thing, though? Are we saying that's some kind of lettuce? It's probably lettuce. The, the the glowy stuff on top makes me think that's some kind of, like, alien. Like alien lettuce, uh, yeah? Yeah, like... Which I don't know. Like I don't, I've never had alien lettuce, Joey. I, don't, I can't speak for you here, but I'm not sure how that tastes. Yeah. Um, but but it looks like it has like a tangy taste to it, just based upon the coloration of it. Um, but I, I'm eyeballing those jalapenos, though. That's that's that that's what I want. Chat thinks that, it's that. a red onion. I do not think that's that a red is onion. not. Pot of luck. I don't know what you're drinking. Um, but that is, that is clearly like, like purple, purple and pink. Yeah. Like that's not. You know what, Joey? He's. 
He's a PlayStation fanboy. He was probably on Twitter giving this entire oh presentation like absolute crap, uh, you know, not understanding what this game was. So, like, we, we have to be gentle. We have to be nice to Potluck. He, he, he may not understand what he's seeing on his screen right now. Oh, my gosh. You're too much. You are too much. You're more toxic than that lettuce up top there. Uh, we don't know if it's up, lettuce, John. though. We don't know. We, we don't know. I think it's lettuce. Potluck, go in there. Go zoom in on the screen. Check it out. Uh, it is definitely some kind of alien lettuce, in John and I's opinion. Um, but you are more than welcome to have some onion on your burger as well. Uh, next up, John, I think we have to talk about another one that has kind of been taking the internet by storm. Uh, this one probably a little bit more negative, but more on the joking side than anything. Not like, oh, PlayStation, we hate the way you did this. This is more like, why? Just why? Um, it kind of brings vibes of that copy my homework but change something up. Uh, and this is Foam Stars, the Splatoon-like game coming from Square Enix. Uh, Square Enix has definitely missed on a number of projects as of late. In a lot of those cases, they end up blaming their Western studios, and then they've went on to sell a lot of them off uh, since then to Embracer. Uh, this, to me, John, I think is going to be failed on arrival, unfortunately. I mean, you come out with a Splatoon-like game, you're a heavy Japanese-based console, a lot of those people already have the Switch. Like, a lot of people playing the games that are available on PlayStation, they're also available on Switch. So you're kind of making a choice in some senses already. And now you're like, oh, do I want that first-party Nintendo Splatoon game, or do I want this knockoff Square Enix version of Splatoon that does look like a little bit more like Cotton Candy, which I can't appreciate. Um, but overall, I just... I don't know, John. I think this is a miss, and I do not see this one lasting more than six months. Yeah, so the initial thing when I saw this, other than the fact that it is, is it, it is a Splatoon ripoff, 1,000%, is I'm sitting here thinking, like, boy, what if we had these kind of bubble guns and we utilized them in our cities? Uh, then we could finally get rid of that nasty smell all of our cities have. I'm looking at you, New York. I'm looking at you, Chicago. Um, I'm looking at you, Atlanta. Uh, some really nasty smells in those cities, even D.C. sometimes. Uh, imagine cleaning up the city like this, like like having a massive bubble fight over on like F Street in, in Northwest or something. Mm. You know, that'd be that'd be crazy. Right. Um, no, uh, this is just so blatant of a copy. Uh, it's it's borderline offensive uh, is how bad this is. I mean, you know, Joey, if we remember when we were back in school and, and someone would copy um it's like it's it's not like hey you know what'd you get for seven, uh, or hey uh, how'd you find out the answer for eight? Okay, cool. You explain. Okay, cool. Let me make sure I write this down. Right? Can you check it? Okay, look, it looks good. Looks like yours. Awesome. Great. No, this is literally Joey sending me his word document, um, and I change Joey's name to my name and submit it. <laughs> it is literally copy and paste Splatoon, but with bubbles instead of paint. Uh, it's. It's pretty bad, Joey. Like, cool. It, it looks great. I, I like the name. Um, but this is... <laughs> this is bad. Yeah, it's just... It is... It's very much a blatant ripoff looking. Like, it's... There's just not enough to differentiate it, right? Like, sure, you have unique guns, but so does Splatoon. And sure, it looks a little bit foamier, and there's a little bit more, uh, I guess, terrain changing with how much the foam builds up. But, like... It's just Splatoon, and I just don't see them pulling that player base away from Splatoon. So sure, you're going to get some people who only have PlayStation or only have PC and don't have a Nintendo Switch that might give it a try. But unfortunately, I think this is just going to lead to another earnings call where Square Enix is like, unfortunately, Foam Stars did not meet expectations. 
and now we're going to shut down the servers in the next six months. I just, yeah, I don't see this one lasting too long. Now, Square Enix did have a good showing with Final Fantasy, and we can get into that one next. Um, Final Fantasy 16 coming from that Square Enix side as well. PlayStation with some exclusivity on that one. At least one year of exclusivity is what they currently have under contract. Now, we've seen Final Fantasy games start on PlayStation and just stay on PlayStation with maybe an expansion on a PC here and there. Uh, that could be the case here with Final Fantasy 16 as well. Um, but as of right now, publicly stated, the contract is only a one-year exclusive. Uh, I am not the biggest Final Fantasy fan, but I will say I like a lot of the changes they've made here, uh, at least from the graphical perspective. It looks very real. Uh, the combat as well kind of comes in from a nice... Um, perspective of a little bit more fluidity than I've seen in some other Final Fantasy games. And on top of that, the different landscapes, there's so much variety in the biomes that I think is really going to bring, uh, bring a nice experience all about here in Final Fantasy 16, which a lot of people have in their Game of the Year contenders queue as of right now. Yeah, I'm not a big Final Fantasy fan either. Um, I, I mean, look, it, it's got a great fan base. It has been around for, for decades. Uh they do a great job with it. The graphics look great. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Just, like, for me, it's just, I don't know. I, I've never been able to get into the Final Fantasy games. Uh, I think it looks great. I think the stories are great. But just the gameplay itself just has never attracted me to this to this game. Um, so I think for Final Fantasy fans who are, uh, you know, really deep into the lore and love the game and love the game series, I think they'll be very happy with it. Uh, but for those who are looking to get into a, fi a Final Fantasy type game, I don't know if this is going to be enough to like really pull them in. Yeah, agreed. I think it has enough differences where it does have a little bit more appeal to yeah. the master audiences. Um, but again, being Final Fantasy, and especially when you get to a number like 16, uh, you've obviously been around for a hot minute. And it is a little bit overwhelming for someone new to kind of jump into a double-digit numbered sequel like this. Uh, with that being said, it does look good. The trailers keep coming out. The biomes and enemies and combat and everything does look very crisp. Uh, so I think it will be somewhat up there in that Game of the Year conversation at the end of the year. Next up, and sticking with kind of that Japanese epic RPG setting, let's talk Dragon's Dogma 2. This has been one in the works for quite a while. A lot of people have been wanting this game. Started out kind of niche in Dragon's Dogma, the series, when it initially launched in 2012, but has since then picked up quite a few followers and gained popularity as a one-of-a-kind action RPG. Mainly known for its polished combat, but on top of that, a deep story alongside it as well. Um, I do think this one looks good. I think when you're looking at those kind of epic medieval fantasy type of set pieces, this one definitely delivered in the trailer. I'm about to ban Pot of Luck from chat. Uh, <laughs> it's the weird. I uh, know you're not high on life. You're high on something else. Let's talk about uh, feet. We got issues over here. Where the rest yeah, of the yeah, like that, that alone does, <laughs> yeah, that, that alone just deserves to a timeout right there. Um, I'm sorry, what, what are we talking oh, about? Uh, again? Sorry, <laughs> Dragon's Dogma stupid. Two, uh, just kind of the epic <laughs> fantasy look to it. Um, yeah. I think it looks great as far as trailers go. I definitely think they yeah. deliver on that epic fantasy that we saw in the original in 2012. Yeah, I, I think it looks great. I think the updated graphics look amazing. Uh, the, the continuation of the story looks really cool. Uh, anything that's like uh, has that medieval fear feel, but has like that fantasy vibe to it as well. Uh, super excited for it. I think it looks great. I think this is definitely a game PlayStation uh, fans could get excited for. Absolutely. Um, okay, so moving on uh, again, let's just quickly touch on the VR two stuff. 
Uh, I will say there wasn't a ton that stood out to me, but I am also obviously not the biggest VR person. Um, PlayStation continues to invest in it. We initially thought the numbers were a lot lower um, based on, I think it was a Bloomberg report, don't quote me on that, um, but someone did initially come out and say they were failing to meet expectations pretty heavily. Based on the earnings call that PlayStation had this week, it does look like they've actually exceeded expectations and are currently selling at a higher rate than the PSVR 1 did originally, or I guess just the PSVR in that case. Um, Overall, PSVR 2, so we got some new looks here. Beat Saber is going to launch on PSVR 2 as of yesterday. With a new Queen music pack, we add some first looks at some other big games like Resident Evil. Resident Evil 4 is getting a VR mode. Arizona Sunshine 2 was also revealed. We got some new gameplay details and a reveal for Crossfire Sierra Squad. Uh, Crossfire didn't do very well in its initial console and PC launch. We'll see how it does in the VR setting. And then we had some immersive PSVR 2 action shooter action with Synapse. That one launching a little bit later this summer on July 4th. And then, of course, because chat likes it, Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted 2. Uh, They're hiring for the PSVR 2. Again, this one kind of comes on the heels of not only trivia about Five Nights at Freddy's in the Gamer Bytes article this past week, but on top of a movie announcement and a new movie trailer as well, uh, with a series of movies in the works for that one, the first one coming out later this year in October. Uh, John, I know you and I are both not the biggest horror game fans, but it seems of the VR stuff, this seems to be the one that is getting the most talk, at least on social media platforms. Yeah, jump scare warning to everyone watching on Twitch right now for this uh, for this. Uh Friday, Five Nights at Freddy trailer. Uh, it's about to come up here. Just giving you a heads up. Um, yeah, I mean, I- I'm not a huge fan of it. I already hate the idea of animatronics coming alive. Uh, not a fan of horror games either. Um, but like, uh, there it was. Okay, cool. So, so we'll do that. Yeah, late 2023. Thanks. It'll be delayed. Um, I, look, like Joey, you and I grew up in the era of, of, of Chuck E. Cheese, uh, and those animatronics are terrifying as it is. The fact that there's a game that has animatronics coming to life trying to murder you uh, really just makes me hate Chuck E. Cheese even more than I currently do. Uh, I have never played a Five Night at Freddy's game. My nephew loves Five Night at Freddy's. Oh, does he? I don't understand I why. Yeah, he was like, he was like Uncle, Uncle Johnny, Uncle Johnny, you want to watch me play it? I'm like, cool, yeah, I'll watch you play it. And after five minutes, I'm like, this game is dumb. <laughs> It's like office simulator with like murder bears coming through the vents. Like it's just ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, no, I've I, I'm I'm not a fan of Five Nights at Freddy's at all. Office oh, simulator with murder bears going through the vents. That <laughs> right? is, that's that exactly is what it is. I've ever heard one. <laughs> good, good old murder bears coming for you during your office simulator. Oh job. my gosh, that is brilliant. Oh, I love that. Um, wow. <laughs> That is that is an image, friend. Thank you for delivering that. Your childhood was a lie, pot of luck. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. Next up, uh, just one quick indie game I want to touch on here: The Plucky Squire. I freaking love this game. This is probably going to be up for my indie game of the year when it eventually makes its way out. Uh, this one is kind of you're working your way through storybooks, and it's almost like a puzzle platformer. And then you eventually kind of make yourself jump out of the storybook into 3D worlds from time to time. Uh, I think this game looks freaking phenomenal. I think the art style is so well done. And again, the fluidity of jumping from that storybook to an actual 3D game in and of itself, I think is going to bring a lot of depth to it. Uh, As long as the story delivers, I think this storybook will be one that is well-read throughout the gaming universe when it eventually drops. Yeah, I think this looks absolutely incredible. I think we've touched Mm -hmm. on it before. Um, The idea of like playing through a book 
and then like seeing the world outside of the book as well then being able to jump out of the book to continue the level um it just brings such a unique dimension to a game i don't think we've seen before i can't think of another game that's done anything like this where you're going back and forth between two very distinct and different worlds um one being like a 2d flat book that you play on the floor uh versus going full 3d with texture and shadows and depth uh, and everything outside of the book. It's a very, very unique uh, style of game. Devolver Digital uh, is doesn't really shy away from uh, thinking outside the box. I, I really think this is a very, very solid game. Definitely has my interest as well. Uh, definitely something I could see myself playing. Uh, if it uh, is this one of the ones that uh, are coming off of PlayStation Five as well? Is this going to be available on PC? Yeah, this will be also? PC, Xbox, and Nintendo okay. Switch everywhere. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So, so definitely be checking out Plucky Squire as well, Joe. I think this game uh, is just so unique that I think if if you are just an overall gamer that enjoys playing games, new experiences that you may not have had before, different mechanics and dynamics, this is definitely a game that um, uh, I think you should circle and put into your gaming list. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, just for the sake of time, we're going to speed things up here and jump to a little bit more of the bigger stuff left. Uh, Alan Wake 2 is also shown off, unfortunately, not getting a physical release. That one will be multi-platform. A lot of people excited for it. Uh, keep that one on your radar. First Assassin's Creed Mirage gameplay was also revealed here. It's launching October 12th. Uh, there was some talk about that one possibly being delayed. It did get delayed. It sends out of that early fall window to October. I could see this one being delayed again in typical Ubisoft fashion, um, but hopefully it does make that October 12th release. Uh, kind of going back to those roots a little bit more of... I think you can call it strategic assassins play. Uh, you have to plan your assassinations out a little bit more than you currently do in some of the newer games that are a li little bit more. Just kind of go in guns a-blazing or swords a-blazing or depending on whatever time period you're in, whatever you're carrying for that assassination. Uh, in the end, I do think this one looks pretty good returning to its roots. Now, these next ones are kind of the big games to touch on, and that is going to kick things off, John, with a franchise you know and love, and that is Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater. Uh, this one is going to be multi-platform PlayStation with those marketing rights, and they did a good job showing this one off for the first time. It looks very well done. Joey, I cannot tell you how happy I was to see this. Um, Metal Gear Solid is a franchise that literally is the reason... I'm the kind of gamer I am today. Uh, it holds a very special place in my heart. Um, it is, in my opinion, one of the best gaming franchise in gaming history. Uh, it helped really define the stealth type game. Uh, Metal Gear Solid on the original PlayStation was ahead of its time. It was a multi-CD game. Um, it thought outside the box. Like, uh, spoiler, if you haven't played the original game from the 90s, Psycho Mantis, the only way to beat him was to unplug your controller from port one and put it into port two. Uh, things like that. Or when you needed to contact Meryl on the codec. In-game, they can't remember her code, but they tell you to look on the back of the CD case. Mm. So you had to keep the physical CD case to find out Meryl's codec code to call her to extend the game. Things like that, that thought outside the box, that broke the fourth wall, uh, that was Metal Gear Solid. That was Metal Gear Solid that really brought that front and center to the gaming world. Joy, I still remember playing against Psycho Mantis, and he was playing off his uh, psychic powers, and he could read your memory card in the PlayStation. Like, oh, so you like to play Castlevania. I about mm. crapped myself 
when the boss realized I played certain games from my memory card and was just spouting it out on, on the game. Like, that was absolutely wild. Snake Eater is a fantastic game that takes place before the original Metal Gear Solid. Uh, I believe it was the third one that came out uh, in, uh, in release order, if you will, uh, taking place roughly around the Vietnam time frame. Uh, and really the first game that was a survival stealth game. So you had to uh, hunt your food to stay healthy, to stay alive in the jungle. You, like There was different things you had to do that you didn't have in the original Metal Gear the, and then in Metal Gear Solid 2. Uh, even going back to the original Metal Gear for the Game Boy, you didn't have to do anything. This was a completely new mechanic they entered into the game. So not only are you worried about your footprints, uh, sneaking around, not getting animals' attentions, but also, you know, not just going gun ho. You have to also stop. You also have to hunt food. You also have to be able to eat that food. Don't pick up poison plants and all that other fun stuff while you're in the jungle to get yourself healthy enough to go to the next mission. Um, it Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater uh, just really did a fantastic job at that. It is a game that deserves a remake uh, or a remaster, if you will. I'm super excited that it's coming out. Um, to all platforms, uh, Metal Gear Solid used to be a PlayStation exclusive, um, but it is a game that has transcended the PlayStation. I'm glad that they have recognized that. Joey, in fact, if you give me five seconds real quick, I'm going to step off camera, uh, give your take on this real quick, and I'll be back when, 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 when like five seconds. John's about to come back in a cardboard box, I feel like. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I'm a big fan of this as well. I think Metal Gear is a very well-done series, as John said. Uh, it moved the bar in a lot of different areas, not just financially, but also kind of moving the industry forward in terms of creativity. Uh, Kojima, on top of a lot of the projects over there with that mo Metal Gear Solid moniker at the time. Um, John, you're not in your box. What's going on here? Okay, so... Uh, this is probably one of my favorite pieces of video Ooh. game history. Um, this is, oh, stay in there. Uh, my original copy of Metal Gear Solid for the PlayStation, signed by David Hayter, the voice actor of Solid Snake. I got a chance to meet him uh, pre-COVID. Um, but again, j just to show here, I'll try to put up here right where my finger is. That's the Kodak code to contact Merrill. That's like awesome. that was. Yeah, that is like the craziest thing, um, but yeah. So it, again, it was a it was a multi disc game. So you have disc one, you have disc two, and that moment where the game tells you to open up your disc tray to pull disc one out to put disc two in was so terrifying because mm -hmm. there really wasn't another game that was multi CD right. at that time. So you didn't know what was going to happen. Is this going to crash your game? You know, did you save beforehand? Because if you didn't save beforehand, it puts you on a screen saying change to disc two and it pauses the game. You can't go back and save. So it was a terrifying mm -hmm. moment when you opened up the tray, pulled out the disc and put disc two in, and put the lid back down if it was actually going to play or not. <laughs> uh, fun fact, it does. Uh, but it is such a great game. It's such a great series. I'm super excited for this. But it wasn't the only news for Metal Gear Solid fans right. out there. And I'm I'm trying to find more news. I don't know if you touched on this while I was gone, Joey. Um, but this is what I'm excited for. So not only is Metal Gear Solid coming to PlayStation 5 and other consoles as well, but Volume 1 of the collection 
is uh, I, I hope this isn't just coming back to, to PlayStation 5. I hope this is going to be multi-platform as well. Pretty sure it is. Um, which, thank God, because if, if these are the original or if it's a remastered collection or whatever it is, I can tell you right now, uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 was a launch game for the PlayStation 2, and it was absolutely phenomenal. The, the hardware update between PlayStation 1 to PlayStation 2 was massive, and Metal Gear Solid 2 was a perfect game to show the power of the PlayStation 2 from the PlayStation 1. Such a great, great, great game. If you are looking to dive into literal video game royalty to understand how some of your favorite titles in 2023 uh, have uh, even been developed into what they are, if they have ties to shooters, to stealth-like games, uh, to survival games, Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, and Snake Eater are three must-plays. The story holds up to this day. The gameplay is phenomenal. The graphics, eh, hopefully they're remastered a little bit, um, but it is absolutely great. I would say if you have the guts to do it, go back and play the original Game Boy version of Metal Gear. It came out in 1987. Uh you can play it on the original Game Boy. You can play it, I believe, on several of the newer PlayStation models. As, oh, not PlayStation. Uh, uh, Game Boy models as well. Not the new ones, but you know what I mean. Uh, like if you have a Game Boy Color or stuff like that or, or the um, whatever it takes the old school cartridges, uh, I believe as long as it can take the original uh, Game Boy cartridge, you can play it there as well. Highly worth playing. That game was amazing. That sets you up for Metal Gear Solid. Um, Joey, I, I can go on for hours talking about this series. Uh, this is what hyped me up the most. This is what got me super excited. And if these three games are coming to multi-platforms uh, multi as well, I am not going to have a life when these get re-released um, because I want to play the original Metal Gear again so, so freaking It good. will be interesting. I'm curious to see how the nostalgia holds up. Like, the game is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. But like you said, like, some of those moments that really had an impact, I'm curious how those come back around. Uh, speaking from the GoldenEye perspective with that remake, there are definitely moments I remember being a lot better yeah. the first time I saw them. Uh, even the graphics of that game definitely looked much better the first time. Uh, I tried like the big head mode and everything, and I'm like, wow, how did we ever play this? And imagine playing this on one analog right? stick. Like, whew. Uh, nostalgia is a hell of a drug. But yeah, overall, I do expect these still. I mean, the story writing is phenomenal, as you said. Kojima did a really good job with these games, just the creativity behind them. Uh, Solid Snake is still, to this day, a very memorable character. So I do think they will land well when they do eventually release. I will say this. The only time a video game has ever made me cry was Metal Gear Solid mm -hmm. 4. Um, when you go back to Shadow Moses, which is where the original Metal Gear Solid game takes place, and they did a fantastic job at adding in the audio from the original Metal Gear as you go through obviously like it's still laid out the same but it has now 21st century graphic powering it um and you're going through the same places you went through in the original in the original Metal Gear and these voice cues are being triggered and triggered and they're like being whispered at you as you're going through Shadow Moses um it was an emotional ride it was incredible uh that's like and I know, I, I know for a fact I wasn't the only one that had a hard time at that level just from an emotional standpoint, but that's like how powerful these games are and how powerful video game series that, that last a span of time 
can have an impact on you as a person as the game series continues. Uh, now, I will say, I'm going to challenge your crying statement because I'm pretty sure uh, there was a stream just a few years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. That, But that was not as hard as I cried during Shadow Moses. I mean, I did beat you pretty bad in Age of Empires that time. Yeah. <laughs> But no, that is Life is Strange was that other one that got a few tears. Very yeah. good game. Very emotional game for sure uh, out there as well. That hits a lot of, of heavy very. topics. Trigger warnings all over the game, but very well done. Yes. Um, yes. Overall. A uh, couple more games for us to touch on today's showcase. Again, Metal Gear was one of the standouts for me as well as John. Uh, both, again, being kind of older gamers and hitting some of that nostalgia um, from those earlier games that definitely hit pretty hard. Uh, this is another game with a lot of nostalgia behind it. I'll be honest, I never played the original, but now we are getting a remake and honestly, probably one of the better CGI trailers done throughout the showcase. And that is Bungie's new game, Marathon. Uh, this one also multi-platform, releasing PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Uh, I think as far as CGI trailers go, again, this one was phenomenally well done. Bungie just has a very big, strong style when it comes to presenting in CGI. And I think they did a really good job of kind of selling this game initially. Now, the route they went with this being an extraction shooter, again, extraction shooter seems to be the new buzzword as far as the Battle Royale transition to the next big thing. Uh, I'm not as happy that they went that direction with this one, but overall, I think the arc design and everything of the game does look very strong. Are those caterpillars? Those are like robotic yeah. caterpillars. That's, that's, that's wild. Yeah, I mean, it looks great. Um, are, are we back to trusting Bungie again? I mean, Bungie comes here and there, right? <laughs> like, they did really well with Halo initially. They did really well with Destiny 1. Destiny 2 fell off at the beginning. Then it got a lot of hype. And then it's had good expansion, bad expansion, good expansion, bad expansion. I still cannot stand the PvP in that game at all, ever since launch and beyond. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the art direction is here for this game. I feel like the staffing is strong over there, Bungie. I feel like PlayStation has allowed them to have that freedom of creativity and direction. Uh, they're taking their advice for a lot of their live service games over there now overall. Um, I, I want to believe this is going to be good, but again, that extraction shooter thing is the one that makes me a little bit more hesitant. Yeah. <laughs> it looks good, though. You cannot deny that this is a good-looking CGI trailer. Oh, the CGI trailer is incredible, but Joey, you said it earlier in the show, PlayStation fans hate, 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 hate. CGI trailers. <laughs> Just the vocal ones hate. on social media. I don't know if that's an every... Hate, 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 uh, hate. You do have a question in chat over here from Booty. What do you all think of the Metal Gear Solid Revengeance? Uh, let me see here. Um, that was... Which one was that one again? Uh, that was with Ra Ra Raiden? Raiden from Metal Gear Solid 2, I, I believe. I'm trying to remember which one, too. Because there's like Phantom uh, Pain. I'm pretty sure it was with. Yeah, pretty sure it was, was, was with Raiden. Um, that, was, that was his standalone game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I thought it was okay. Um, I don't think it was like one of the best ones. Uh, of the series, but I didn't see anything wrong with it. I thought I thought it was still a good game. I thought it was, I thought it was interesting that they diverted from the original Snake line uh, of of Solid Snake, uh, Liquid Snake, and all, all the other fun snakes out there. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with. It. I thought I thought it was a, I thought it was a decent game. And I'm going to stand by John's decent game because I didn't play that one. Um, but I do heavily trust John's feedback when it comes to Metal Gear. 
uh, we are very much in that similar line. So yeah, we'll have to maybe we'll have to check that one out. I know they've been having a lot of sales here and there with Metal Gear games included on multiple platforms. So might have to dive back into some of those old ones, especially with them remastering and remaking some of these. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? We had Destiny 2, uh, sticking with the bungee train for a little bit longer. We have the return of, of popular character at Cade 6, the Hunter Vanguard who met his match in a previous Destiny expansion. Again, to avoid some spoilers, we're not going to dive too far into it, um, but it is pretty old news at this point. I think it happened four or five years ago. Uh, with that being said, Destiny has been through... Um, some ebbs and flows, let's say. The Witch Queen was a great expansion. Since then, it's had some seasons that have been seen a little bit less, um, have not been as well seen, let's just say. Lightfall kind of fell flat in certain areas. Uh, I think the newest expansion coming up here soon should be pretty decent. And then the final shape set for a little bit later, and that was what we saw here teased in the showcase. Again, Bungie, just, it, it's an ebb and flow thing. They come, they have a great expansion, they have a not-so-great expansion. We've seen it with World of Warcraft as well. When you have these big games, especially MMOs, you have multiple teams working on different expansions just because you can't roll into one into the other with how fast the MMO has to move forward with seasons to keep the content fresh. So some teams are going to be stronger in areas than others. And it might be one expansion one team does really well, and then another theme that same team does extremely poorly. Um, I don't think anything Bungie's release has been that bad, but I do think there are strengths and weaknesses. And I think the final shape, uh, pun intentional is shaping up to be a pretty good one when it does eventually launch. I'm sorry, I got the eyes. Uh, for those Destiny fans out there, there will be a Destiny 2 showcase live streamed in August. Uh, it's going to be August 22nd on the Bungie channels for more details on what the final shape is shaping out to be when it eventually launches. Okay, uh, one other game, John, and then I want to touch on Spider-Man. Spider-Man, uh, I've seen so many memes on social media of, like, the Spider-Man. I, I think it was one of the original movies uh, with um, Tobey Maguire in it where he's kind of pulling the train together, uh, and that's what a lot of people are describing the Spider-Man gameplay for the PlayStation Showcase being. Uh, in the end, that was very strong. But this other game that stood out to me is probably one of my favorites in the showcase outside of Metal Gear was Phantom Blade Zero. Uh, this one looks really cool, really unique art style. It does have a little bit of that Souls-like look to it, but I think it's going to be not as punishing as a Souls game. Uh, very Japanese style, very Ronin-esque. Uh, they do a good job with kind of these melodramatic paint coats with kind of that grayish, um, almost sepia at times tones where it goes a little bit more of that ambery, orangey yellow. Um, but it does a good job kind of melding its way through depending on the scene. And then you do see a little bit more color vibrancy as the game goes on. Some of the enemies are wild looking. There's like this Joker clown-like guy that they show at one point in this trailer. Uh, Which uh, game this is this? Phantom Blade Zero. If you can find that one. Um, do, do, do. I'm trying to think of where it was. I think it was toward the first third. It's the beginning. Yeah, yeah. it's the beginning. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just really like the look of this. Again, it is kind of that very traditional Japanese style looking game uh, and you do see kind of the undertones of the color change throughout but some of the enemies are wacky uh, clown laughy guy that changes his face is definitely one of the more unique enemies I think people will remember especially from this trailer uh, and I do think the style overall between the art direction the combat uh, everything should flow together for this to be a pretty successful Japanese RPG yeah I thought it looked really cool too um, and I, I know which guy you're talking about he also has a line there saying like uh, what was it like? We all wear masks yeah, yeah, or something uh -huh, like that. that. Guy, yep. Yeah, yeah. It, that that guy looks looks pretty badass. Yeah, creepy AF though. Probably 
perfect nightmare fuel for me right alongside that Five Nights at Freddy's thing. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think the combat and everything in this one does look pretty clean. I think this will land well. Again, a lot of these Japanese games don't go super mainstream, uh, but PlayStation having a strong audience over in Japan, over in China, uh, over in Asia in general, a lot of these Eastern influence games do sell pretty well on the console. So I think it will do pretty well over there. And this one seems to deliver in many different aspects. Now, Joey, before we get to, to Spider-Man, there is one game I feel like we have. Oh, to touch on. I think I know which one. Uh, just, just because this could our be the perfect opportunity would, would, would to touch on too. it. It, it is the the perfect opportunity to touch on it. And of course, Joey, we're talking about the bestest game with the goodest of kitties. We are talking about uh, Cat Quest, uh, which <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, the Caribbean, uh, John, the Caribbean, <laughs> the Caribbean, whatever. Uh, this this game looks ridiculous. Uh, as someone who absolutely loves the game Stray, uh, anytime you have a cat game, I'm going to be interested in it. Uh, this game looks absolutely fantastic. and I'm going to play it j just for uh, the, the giggles, if you will. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I love it. The main character looks so freaking cute. Like This is insane. <laughs> this one definitely scratches your belly, per se, huh? Oh, that's more of a dog thing anyway um, but I do wag my tail at this one as well it is interesting I think there's plenty of pun opportunities involved in this as well um, but yeah it's interesting uh, I think this I want to say I read somewhere that it's the third game in the series so it's now I guess a trilogy of cat quest games out there um, I don't know if I'll dive into the other ones but yeah this one is it's out there now it is it's a purin uh, it has definitely been on social media uh, positive feedback on this one which is nice uh, we have seen a lot of negative feedback for a lot of these games shown. This one pulling in quite a bit of positive feedback from the more cartoony side of things, I guess you could say. Um, but overall, yeah, I think the showcase, again, was not the greatest PlayStation showcase. They were definitely lacking in some of the first-party content. I really thought The Last of Us Factions would have been there based on some of the stuff I had heard. I could see that also being pulled over to Jeff Keighley's show uh, with his Summer Game Fest kickoff a couple weeks from now. Uh, we did see him kind of put in i think he showed us the last of us remake and he had a little bit of talk about the last of us factions in that show last year so it would be a good time to kind of slide that one in uh, i heard rumors of a FromSoft game being involved into this showcase again that's another one jeff Keeley has a good relationship with them as well as playstation and could have pulled that one over there uh, and there's a couple other games that i won't touch too much on uh, but at least there were three or four that I thought were going to be in the showcase that were pulled, uh, a few of those being first party. So a little bit disappointing on that front. I do think this was a little bit more state of play-y than um, PlayStation showcase-y, uh, in my humble opinion. Uh, I would probably give it a 6.5, maybe a 7 at most, um, because I do have a fancy for some of those indie games that some people don't quite click as much with. Um, but overall, I don't think it was a terrible showcase. I just think it left some to be desired. Any other thoughts before we dive into this good old Spidey gameplay, which definitely delivered, in my humble opinion? Yeah, I, I'm ready for Spider-Man. Um, always and and always ready for Spider-Man. Anything Spider-Man. Uh, in Discord, I was talking. I was kind of hoping this was. I knew it wasn't coming to the PlayStation Four. It, it was wishful thinking. Um, but yeah, hopefully one day it will come to uh, PC and I'll be able to play it. But uh, 
Yeah, I'm not going to go out and buy a PlayStation 5 for Spider-Man. Sorry. Okay, let's dive into it, sir. Let's get that trailer of playing for those live with us here on twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. Uh, John, I know you played through the first game. I've watched a number of streams on the first game. Very highly rated game. I think it definitely delivers, and I expect this one to as well. Uh, based on just what I saw, and I did have to walk away for a meeting during part of this trailer, um, I really like the look of the Venomized Spider-Man, and I think the combat around that is going to bring a lot of unique aspects to Spider-Man 2 that set it apart, not only from the original game, but from a lot of those fluid combat games out there right now as well. You, you oh, sorry. Second, um, sorry. Yeah, I'm good if you want to hop in there as well. Uh, what are your thoughts overall yeah. on Spider-Man? I know, again, you played the first one. I'm sure you're, again, looking forward to the second one. Unfortunately, not on a platform coming to you, at least in the near future. Yeah. Um, but it does look quite good combat-wise. Yeah, so, I mean, you can see how they built on from the original Spider-Man, even Spider-Man Miles Morales, uh, the, the the sequel in that line of, of video games, if you will. Um it's great, and I, and I completely agree with you. The, the Venomized Spider-Man graphics, how it looks and how it's presented in-game, When it, I think I'm just going to fast-forward to that because it was so, so good. Um, I mean, th this looks incredible. Uh, the story for it looks great. I love the fact that you both have uh, the uh, Peter Parker version of Spider-Man and the Miles Morales version of Spider-Man. Uh, I think this is a great time for this trailer to come out and show the gameplay, especially with the new Spider-Man multiverse movie coming out soon. Um, I just think overall it's just a really good time uh, to show this gameplay. The graphics are great. The gameplay looks like they just improved on the mechanics from, from the last two games. Uh, and then here on your screen right now, the, the Venomized Spider-Man just looks absolutely brutal. Uh, just using that symbiote to his advantage to help take care of the bad guys, robotic dogs and all this other fun stuff. Like it adds a completely new element to the game. Kind of like what we saw with miles Morales and his abilities as Spider-Man kind of brought a new uh, stealthy version of Spider-Man into that game as well. Uh, so now with the venomized version of Spider-Man in this game, uh, is this going to bring another added dynamic uh, to Spider-Man 2. I'm super excited for it. I think it looks great. Uh, this trailer definitely delivered. Uh, you could. This is a trailer you could watch over and over and over and over and over and over and over again to get yourself hyped uh, for when this game comes out. I 100% agree. Uh, there are some threads out there which kind of stunned me, and we've talked about this before with how critical gamers can get around graphics, even Blades of Grass in games, uh, like they were with Far Cry 6. I think this looks good. Some people are saying, hey, this is not going to make early fall. This is going to be a November game. Others are saying, nah, bro, this needs to be delayed a full year. I do not get that from this gameplay trailer. I think it looks great. I think the combat looks very fluid. Gives me complete opposite vibes of what Gotham Knights gave me, where that one almost felt a little bit choppy in the fluidity of the combat. This looks very fluid. I mean, you're seeing on screen with those of us here on Twitch, the new flying suit as well. The webs look great. I think the jumping and combat is long, uh, alongside the venomized versions of it also come through pretty darn fluid. I am not seeing much reason to delay this game, at least from what we've seen here in this gameplay and CGI stuff. Yeah, and like what we're about to see here also, the fact that Miles can create his own walkways with webs now, again, that, that adds to his stealthy-type characteristic for his gameplay. I freaking love it. Uh, and we're about to see one of my favorite maneuvers in the Spider-Man games, Hovering over two baddies, web shooting them, bringing them up, cocooning them, 
and then letting them hang from your spider line. I think that is one of the most badass maneuvers in this game. Uh, super excited. And again, again, that that contraption there that brings everyone together and you just go absolutely uh, spidery on them, if you will. Uh, I love it. I think it's great. I love the fact that they're bringing both characters into this game. Uh, it, it's going to it's gonna keep you on your toes because they have two very different styles of play. Um, so really, really excited for it. I think the game looks great. I think the mechanics look, look great. I second your uh, comments on the flying suit for Miles Morales. I think that's, that's a new um, mechanic into this game that's going to help make it a little bit more fun, a little bit more uh, fast-paced, if you will. You can, uh, you know, maybe not use fast travel points as much because, you know, web swinging, web slinging around the city and flying in your flying suit might be too much fun to just fast travel. I mean, we just saw how quickly he covered going from like middle tan Manhattan all the way up to the north side to the fish market. Like it was like a snap of a finger. He got there so quick. Um, but yeah, I, I again, like there's just so much in this trailer for the game, for gameplay, and just overall what we can expect. It, it looks incredible. It does. I mean, the game looks phenomenal. A lot of people saying if it did save the showcase for them, this is the reason why. Uh, the gameplay for this yeah. game just delivering. And again, this is set to come out sometime fall 2023 currently. Uh, we originally hearing projections of September. Maybe it does get bumped a little bit. Uh, that could be to avoid Starfield in that same window. It could be to just bump back for a little bit more polish for an extra month or so. Uh, maybe to even bump back to that holiday quarter for some big PlayStation 5 sales. Um, there's plenty of strategy behind why it could get a slight move. Um, but overall, when it does deliver, I think this game is going to come through, is going to be a big player for PlayStation, uh, is going to scratch that single-player itch for those people out there who saw way too many multiplayer live service games in the showcase yesterday. Uh, I think this one will come through, deliver that very strong single-player story that we're used to from the PlayStation side of things. Yeah, and, and Hexadecimal makes a great point. Uh, Miles Morales, with his abilities, it's like Static Shock meets Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, with some of those abilities, just they're electrifying with, uh, the uh, electric charges that Miles can use in his suit as well. Um, it's, it's a very good observation. Uh, 100% agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, really, good I, I, this there. trailer looks so good. I freak, I can watch this trailer for until the end of the show if, if, if I really <laughs> wanted to, Joey. I'm, I'm not going to say no to that. Yeah, it is, it is it a just, very, very good looking. Um, I think that pretty much wraps up the PlayStation Showcase. I think the last thing to show, and again, this is no no hate intentional here, um, but Xbox did send out a tweet after the show, kind of giving us a little bit of insight of what is also coming to their console. Uh, and if it's coming to Xbox, it's most likely coming to PC as well, plus some of the other PlayStation-only games uh, that will be making their way to PC too. On the Xbox graphic, we can throw it up here shortly on Twitch, but we have Immortals of Avium, that game John mentioned earlier on, Ghost Runner 2, Marathon, the game from Bungie, Metal Gear Solid, Snake Eater, Dragon's Dogma 2, Alan Wake 2, The Plucky Squire, Teardown, very popular game on PC right now, coming to both PlayStation and Xbox, Assassin's Creed Mirage, Neva, the Cat Quest game, of course, uh, and Talos Principle yes. 2. So those will all also be coming to Xbox. Uh, some of the other games throughout the showcase will be coming to Nintendo Switch as well. Uh, and then again, almost every game in the showcase, minus a couple, will be making their way over to Steam players or Epic Games 
store players, uh, depending where you do play over there on the PC stores. So overall, I think it was a decent showcase. Again, John, we're in that 6.57 window overall. I think there was a good variety of games shown, just a little bit lacking when it came to first party games. And with most of those first party kind of not really giving as much diversity in the area other than that multiplayer kind of extraction shooter style game. Uh, they could have used a little bit more single player focused first party outside of just the Spider-Man gameplay. Outside of that, I think it was a decent showcase, and I think PlayStation, again, will continue to deliver a lot of those exclusive the players are waiting for, even if they didn't get to see them in this particular showcase. Yeah, agreed. I, I think if you are a PlayStation fan uh, and you are looking for some reason to feel good about uh, giving your money to a company that hates gamers, uh, this is a showcase that uh, you can feel good about. Uh, I, I think you know it didn't deliver the impactful punch that a lot of us were you know, hoping for. But I think overall, like if you're a fan of Metal Gear, if you're a fan of Spider-Man, if you're a fan of Final Fantasy, uh, if you're a fan of indie titles, uh, you should be happy with what you saw. I, I, again, I think the 6.5 to 7 is mainly because uh, a lot of people had really high expectations. Uh, like Joey was saying, he was going in thinking like around a 9, maybe a little bit higher than a 9. Um, so I feel like you'll see a lot of lower ratings because there was a lot of expectation uh, that just really didn't come up. Um, so I think, you know, overall, I think it was okay. I don't think it was bad. I don't think it was like, oh, my gosh, this was a waste of time, uh, like some of the showcases we've seen in the past. Um, but, yeah, I, I think PlayStation fans should be happy. There's there's a really good set of games coming up uh, for PlayStation in the next several right. years. And I think the last thing to mention as well, kind of along those same lines, is, yes, you wanted to see that first-party stuff, but you know it's there. You know these games are in development. It's not like, oh, PlayStation isn't developing single-player epic first-party action-adventure games anymore. Uh, we know those are there. We know they're in development. I think fans just have that so much excitement behind it because they know they're there, because they know they should be getting close, because it should be time to see gameplay for some of these things. And on the multiplayer side, t Factions... Again, I, I think we do see that soon. I would be very surprised if we don't see that this summer. I think that could very much be in Jeff Keighley's show a little bit later on, a week or so from now. Um, but other than that, I, I mean, I think the faith to have as a PlayStation fan is you got a nice variety here. Yes, it was a little live service heavy on the first party end, but again, you know stuff is in the works. You know PlayStation will deliver it. And I think a lot of those games will be shown somewhat in the near future, maybe at some other showcases as well. Okay, sir, with that being said, we went over a little bit today. We got very entrenched into the Sony showcase. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. You got to show off your sign. Disc. I blame it on You're Metal right. Gear. We had bourbon involved. <laughs> chat was hopping. Uh, there was plenty to talk about. Again, even if the showcase didn't quite check a box for everyone, uh, there was a lot to touch on with that. And with that being said, I think we can go ahead and wrap up today's show. Good, sir. Nation, thank you for sticking with us. Apologize for the long show, but uh, you know how we get when there's a lot of games that we like talking about? Uh, super excited. Uh, Nation, that's going to do it for this edition of Level Up Live. Before you go, make sure you follow the show on Twitch and catch the next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the podcast version of our show, please leave us a review. The Level Up podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and your podcatcher of choice. Just look us up. We are there for you. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we'd love to hear from our community so much. We have multiple ways for you to reach out to us. Joey, what are Absolutely, those guys. You can follow the podcast over on Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media. That's kind of our all-encompassing social media account at this point. On top of that, we also have an Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, hit us up with a follow on Twitch, maybe even one of those juicy Prime subs as well. 
twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. This show, Level Up Live, typically live recorded Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, make sure you tune in next week, Joey. I can't believe I'm going to say this. It's June 1st is our next show. As we continue to cover the ladies and grace in gaming and esports news, do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button on Twitch or your podcatcher of choice to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We will catch you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, Level Up. up.